Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. In today's show, our guest, Seabass. He will talk with us about Vanderbilt football and basketball, so let's go right to that. Seabass joins us from WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee, where he works like a dog, and we are thankful to have him today. Hope you're doing well, my man. Man, I, I think I'm currently living the dream right now, man. Uh, <laughs> tell you what, man, it is uh, good. It's been under the weather for the last couple of days, and... Uh, you know how this is. You know when you're trying to sleep and one of your nostrils is clogged up and you can't breathe through it? Oh, that's the worst. That's just pretty, you know, that miserable feeling? No. What's worse is when both nostrils are. Oh. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So I had that. So finally feeling a little bit better. And last night got some sleep. So uh, yesterday would not have been a possibility. I was on no sleep, bro. But I'm charged and ready to go this morning or this afternoon. See what I mean? I think it's morning. <laughs> Yeah, glad you're with Sinex, my man. That stuff works wonders for me. Yes, yes, yes. I said we uh, we dive right in, homie. Well, where do you want to dive? Because I know you didn't get to see much of the Kentucky game. Not that you missed anything. No, no, I did not. Um, you know, it's what makes that South Carolina loss so tough. I mean, what would the narrative be? Because I can just imagine what the narrative is right now. Uh, but what would the narrative have been had they found a way to win that basketball game and started off 2-0? I mean, frankly, first of all, South Carolina's been playing some pretty tough good basketball. I mean, you know, I'm not saying they're, you know, a Sweet 16 team or anything, but they, they play hard. They do. You yeah. know, uh, Frank Martin, Frank Martin's gotten playing pretty well. And we went on the road and won in a place we never, ever, ever, ever win. Uh, but what would... What would the narrative be right now? But you get that two-point loss, and then all of a sudden, you know, Tuesday night ends up being what it was. Um, you know, I don't like to put I don't like to put the status of a program on one game, you know, because I don't think that's a true measure of who you are. Um, but man, I just have a feeling that at least for the fan base and maybe even that team, even with the 12 point loss to Kentucky, which wasn't really a 12 point loss, but we'll call it that. Um, you got to think that the, the, the atmosphere and the thought about this team and, and, and what people are saying and fans are thinking right now might be a little bit better, but after the way that they lost and not, and you know, Hey, it is what it is, but it is inexplicable to have six seconds and not get a shot off. You know, it's inexplicable that you could do that, but it did. Uh, but then to have that Kentucky loss like that in a game that you were never really in. Then again, you also have to say, man, what would it look like if there had been a student section there? Would they have won the game? No. The student section is not worth 25 points, basically. But uh, who knows? You know, things may have been a lot different. Maybe it had been enough to get them the South Carolina win. Uh, it just sucks that they weren't able to build off of that first game mojo, starting off 1-0 on the road against Arkansas. It was a, been a, drew up a better start, and it just hasn't, it hasn't been able to – they haven't been able to stack anything on top of it since then. 
Yeah, I think two and one would feel a lot different. Heck, maybe maybe oh, the yeah. Kentucky game. You know, I, I, they're going to lose to Kentucky anyway. Maybe they come out with a little more fire. I I don't know. Um, Oreo is very upset about this, as you can hear. Um, he should be. He, that's because of why Oreo's upset about that. Yeah, be- because he opened up he opened up a FanDuel account and had uh, Vanderbilt plus twelve and a half. <laughs> right. By the way, I'm, I'm doing this from our dining room today. I've been kicked out of my office for the day, so there may be a little more. Uh, interference than normal, but um, well, you probably had it coming. I probably did. Um, yeah, I, the, the problem they're going to have now is I'm hearing that Rodney Chapman's hamstring isn't getting well anytime soon, and clearly they have been a different team with him than without them. I see a team that I just don't think they've got SEC talent outside of Pippen. And it's all going to go back to the how far can he carry them thing. And, um, you know, I, I think your answer is going to be a lot like it was a year ago, probably barring some unexpected health between he or, or Robbins. And I'm starting to wonder if Robbins will play at all. Well, I mean, has something changed between the, spec, the speculation of potentially early returns in February? Has something happened between then and now? No, but it, it gets pushed back at every turn, right? I mean, we went into November here and it was going to be a month. And then suddenly it went to, to the SEC season. And then it went to, to February. Um, and I just think that this is one of these things with him that just, for whatever reason, it's not getting better. I don't, and I don't know the reason, but when a timeline keeps, keeps getting pushed back, and they're not advancing some kind of narrative of, you know, he's just around the corner. I think you have to wonder. I get it. You know, and sometimes it's just one of those things where injuries just don't respond. You know, looks like it's, but, and, 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 and it may be one of those things where it's gotten better, you know, but that's not good enough to get out there. I mean, it's one thing to the injuries healing up, but you also have to be uh, to a, to a point where you're it's, it's, it's feasible for you to play because if it's just good enough that you're not injured, you can get out there and run around and do this and do that. Uh, But you have no lift. You know what I mean? You got no legs on you. Um, I I don't know, man. That's a million different reasons why I think injuries happen or not happen that way, but uh, either progress or don't. Um, Honestly, if he's just not ready, then he's just not ready. And that sucks. And I hate it because they really need him. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but I mean, you, you, you can't press that. I'm sure nobody wants to play more than Liam Robbins. Yeah. And you look at both those injuries, they would seem to be injuries that like, if you come back a little too soon, it's just going to make it worse and maybe end your season. And I, I would only be speculating. I'm not suggesting that's what's happened in either case is that they overextended themselves in practice, but you just, you have to wonder, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And and it sucks for us. Uh, cause they could certainly use him. They, they, they need, they certainly could use somebody, uh, down there like Lamb. but I mean, I don't know, man. I, sometimes I just sit back and I think this program's cursed. Yeah, it does. Cursed. It does feel that way. Uh, and I, I think, 
Athletic injuries are this just so. It doesn't happen to these other teams, Chris. It doesn't happen to Kentucky. It doesn't happen to Tennessee. Well, wait, you know, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You got. No, I'm not going to wait a minute. I'm not going to, because I'm talking about, now in this case, uh, it's not their best player. But these last few injuries have been their very best players before we can even get started. Who else deals with that year after year? Who else is doing that? Well, nobody deals with it the string that they've had. It, it really is unbelievable. Um, I was going to say, you know, you have Florida sitting over there with Keontae Johnson, who's you know now going to miss two years and I'm guessing never play basketball yeah. again. You know, and they made, they, they made the tournament last year in spite of that and I think got an eight seed. Um, might have even been better than that. I don't remember. But uh, athletic injuries just seem to take longer than everybody expects. Like, I've gone into fantasy baseball drafts, and, and I guess this is different. These are arms. But I've drafted guys, you know, last weekend of March that they're a couple of weeks away, and, and they never they never see the light of the day in the season, you know. So sometimes stuff like that just happens for whatever reason. Oh, yeah, but it, I guess, and look, I, you know, maybe it's just because, I mean, this is the program that we follow and that, and that we have an attachment to. I mean, I know the other programs, but it just, I mean, and, and of course with Florida, that's a perfect deal. And, I, and you know, with a, a deal like that, that's, you know, a knee is one thing, but that's far more serious, you know, obviously. And, and you're right, he, we'll see if he ever gets to. But, I mean, gum. it seems like before we ever even get a season started, I mean, what was more and expect? And look, I am so happy to see Darius, you know, doing as well as he is in the NBA, and he's really doing well. But we never even got to see it. You know that that should have been magic. Should have been magical. And it was, and 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 then for a four, what was it Chris? Was it four games that we got to see him in a Commodore uniform? Four games in what? Four minutes, maybe, or no, or maybe it's three yeah. games in four minutes. But yeah. Yeah, and then you're like, wait a minute, are you kidding? You can already tell this guy is cut. You know, he cleans his fish with a different knife. He's just, he just has something that other people that wore that uniform just didn't have. You know, that he was going to be uh, something that we could really build on, and it was gone before we ever got started. And it happens again the very next year, you know, and then here you come in, you're like, okay, uh, we have a guy coming in who's already proven to be a, a very effective post player in the Big Ten. Just what we need. I mean, just what we've been looking for uh, in, in the post and may not even if, you know, hopefully he will. But uh, even if he does, I mean, bare minimum miss half the season. I mean, for some reason, uh, the key contributors now, Scotty's been healthy and we're certainly grateful for that. But the key contributors always seem to be the one that goes down our biggest players for the most part. Do you remember what the Cubs did with the Bartman baseball? What they did with the Bartman baseball? Yeah. Uh, I probably should, but I don't. Somebody bought that thing. It was a, a tavern owner, I think. And they, they had a big public ceremony. And they put it in a box, and they blew it to bits with dynamite. Uh, maybe, mm-hmm. you, maybe you need to get an 8 by 10 of the kid that shoved Darius in the back and and have a ceremony and blow his photo up with dynamite. I mean, I don't know what else to do at this point. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that that seems a little funny. mean, but, you uh, know, I'm, I'm looking for a better uh, a better thing to do here, and it's just not not coming to me. Yeah. Who are they playing? Kent State. 
Kent State. That's right. For some reason, I wanted to say Iona. Uh, there, that's right. They were playing. They were. They were playing Kent State. Uh, man, we got to do something, man. <laughs> we we got to do something because this had this team. When was the last time? You know that this team had a season, and for the most part, uh, it was maxed out. You know. You, no major injuries and and it was it just came down to executing a game plan and 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 getting it done. I mean, it seems like it's always something with this program, but the injuries have just gotten out of control with our top flight players. Uh, like I said, gratefully, Scotty's been able to stay healthy, but my gracious, man, I've never seen uh, luck like this. I don't know what we all did as a as Vanderbilt fans in another life. But we clearly made somebody really mad. They've won what? That the last NCAA tournament game they won was what eleven? Oh, good grief! Uh, and I, and I think the last time they won one before that was it was it oh six when they um when they played in or was it oh seven? I guess it was. They played in they played in the in the, the elite or the, excuse me the Sweet Sixteen. I was at the game in New Jersey. I was there for the Jeff Green. Moment. This was the, what, what year was that? I was going to ask if this was the Jeff Green year. No, no, they've won one since then. They beat. Um, oh goodness, who did they beat? It was a year Wisconsin the beat them in a round of thirty-two. Them. Was it Washington State? Did they? No, Washington, Washington State? State's who they beat to get to the 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 Sweet Sixteen back when Derek Byers okay. was a senior. Oh, okay, I got you. And then the next uh, year was Shane Foster's senior year. Where they got a three seed and they wet the bed against um, Siena, but 07 would have been the last time they said they won two that year, and then the year they got to the tournament and played Wisconsin uh, and got beat in the the game where Azili's elbow got grabbed, that <laughs> everybody got mad about and rightfully so. Uh, and I, I've just gone blank on who they beat in the first round, but anyway. That's the last time they won an NCAA game. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. And then see, because we got put out in the first round by, was it Northwestern? Yep, that was the Matthew Fisher-Davis game. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, God, I still can't believe that one. Then, uh, of course, Murray State put us out uh, in the first round, if I remember correctly. And then in between that, that? in between that was Kevin's – 
Kevin's last game where they, they got the play-in game. Well, it's not really the play-in game, but it's the game in Dayton and, and Wichita the, State beating them by 20. Yeah. Yeah, golly, Bill. Man, that, that's that's really, really, really not good, Chris, but you probably already knew that. <laughs> oh, over uh, man, well, over under it when they win an NCAA tournament game again. You just, just throw out a year. Over under is offset the amount of years until they win an NCAA tournament game. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say two. I'm going to say two. Uh, reason I'm going to say that is uh, because you have to have the horses, and I love this class coming in. You know, and so any of if any of these youngsters can develop, you know, with this class that's coming in, man, uh, you know, of course, that's another problem, though. Are, have, have you really seen any of these freshmen truly develop so far this year? No, that they, their their no. talent, their talent is not good. No. He's got – they've got right now healthy one player who would see minutes on an upper half division yeah. – on an upper half SEC team, and it was right. not well, his recruit. Yeah, problem I see is like, okay, for a second there, it looked like Lawrence, you know, in the first couple of games, you know, he had a couple of really nice games, like, wow. You know, you know, he might flash a little bit, but I haven't seen much sense. Uh, there, disowned. Dis- uh, was it Shane Disoni? Ah, I mean, never really seen anything. Hit a couple of nice long range shots, but other than that, not much. Uh, I just had, uh, and uh, what's I'm sorry, the uh, the young man's name, the uh, left handed three point shooter uh, out of New uh, Jersey. Dorsey. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, Gabe Dorsey. Gabe yeah. Dorsey. Yeah, yeah, Gabe Dorsey. I uh, haven't really seen much there either. Uh, we need some of these young people. I mean, this team is. So heavily dependent upon Scottie Pippen. I mean, you saw that Tuesday night, right? I mean, he's so heavily dependent upon him, and he's an amazing player. There, there, there's no doubt about it. But these other guys, man, they've just got to, you know. And and even Jordan, Jordan shows flashes, you know. And early on, I thought, man, Jordan is really taking that game to another level. And sometimes you see it, but you know, at, at the same time. Nobody else is really stepping up right now, and they just have to do that. And now you don't have Rodney, and you don't know if you're going to get Liam. Uh, you know, I, I really thought, look, the first month of the season, they've played harder basketball. And maybe everybody's just a little a little sour about the Kentucky game and the way that it went down. But, I mean, they just don't look as if they're playing as hard as they did, you know, that first month and then the game against Arkansas. You know, and maybe I'm completely wrong about that, but I don't think so. I don't know. And and and, and where does it, where do you, you know, just pick somebody up, you know, so it, you're going to work with what you've got. And I mean, I don't know who that candidate to be that guy would be. If, if I say to you, and you can't use Jordan Wright, use somebody else other than Scottie Pippen to step up. And if you needed him to get you 20 in a night, if you needed him to get you 16 in a night, you feel really good about that. Is he on that court right now? No, no, he's not on the roster. Yeah, that's just what I meant. Excuse me, not on the roster right now, is he? And you know that that that's a problem because I mean I think we can probably agree this is definitely Scotty's last year, right? I mean, wouldn't you think? Who knows? You would you would think? I I mean, mean, if I'm if I'm him, I either go to the NBA or or go find a place where I can plug in and get to the tournament my last year. I agree because I don't think that Scotty is. If I was an NBA if I was an NBA scout, 
And you know how I always am about that. What are you going to do differently next year? You know, what, how are you going to develop as a player? I think Scotty's a better player than he was last year. You know, and, and Scotty's a good player. Uh, but I, I think that I think that he is showing signs of regression. But again, in the NBA, every year you stay in college, you're costing yourself draft draft stat uh, draft stats. You just are. I mean, go ahead and start rattling off like I told you, rattle off the seniors that get drafted, you know, in the first half of the first round. They don't do that. Well, look, I'm a I'm a big Pippen fan. I think he's a, a really, really Me good too. player. But I, there, there was a play the other night that I thought told the story of his Kentucky game. Because he was – I think he had 17 points at half but was minus 19 plus minus. Um, I can't remember if it was him or somebody else that turns the ball over. And Kentucky's got a fast break coming the other way. And I think you see nine guys in your screen – uh, and one guy you don't, and it's Pippen. And Kentucky turns it right back over because he didn't get down the floor. He's standing at half court, and he snowbirds the other way for a layup. <sighs> He's going to have to start playing harder on the defensive. He, and he does that a lot. He he takes his time in getting back. And that, that box score line the other night was a little bothersome to me. You You need your star player to step up a little more than that. Oh, uh, you know, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And sometimes I think it could be a matter of, and I, I, the only thing I'd say is this, look, you probably knew this when you decided to come back, but it probably gets pretty frustrating, you know, especially when the other team knows that it's you or not much else, uh, that it's going to have to be you. Uh, I think I, was, I remember a time the other night in one of those games where it said, and that's Pippen's like seventh or eighth turnover. I'm like, man, that is really tough. There's no doubt about that. But if I'm an NBA scout, I'm looking at a couple of things out of his game uh, that says he's perfect for this league. And the way that we play the game right now, his ability to draw contact uh, is as yeah. good as there is in this league. I mean, and, and, and to be able to get to the line, you know, and to, and to, and to, to be able to score off the dribble, you know, and Scotty Pippen's a guy, he can shoot it from the outside. He can, he can create his own shot. He does well coming off of screens. He can take it to the hole. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I get pretty impressed with some of the things he's able to do, despite the fact everybody knows who's going to have the ball and what they're going to do. And that very, there's not a whole lot of options that you have to worry about when you're covering them. The guy does an amazing job of drawing contact. He does. He's, he's gotten faster. He's gotten stronger. He's not an ace defender, but he's, he's good enough to be a defender in the NBA. Uh, I, I think his game translates very well. And I, honestly, at this point, I think he has nothing left to prove on the collegiate level. Uh, I wouldn't recommend him coming back for nothing. Now, don't get me wrong. I would love to see him come back with that freshman class, uh, but I, I, I don't anticipate that being the case. See, another thing that I like about next year, if I'm having hope and wondering, I, I don't think that we have had, and you look, you read some of the, uh, the notes from some of these analysts, and I don't know that we have had a guy like Lee Dort that I can remember. No, it's been it's been a while. I mean, they've had some good bigs. It's just been I mean, Damien well, no, Luke Cornett was their last good big, and then they had Jamie Jones before that, Ogilvy. Um they they've had some, but they, they, they haven't landed a Dort in a while. But I want to go through something here. And by the way, if if they're gonna win games, 
the rest, it's going to be Pippen. And he, frankly, he's won them some games that they wouldn't have even come close to winning without him. So I'm, I'm not being critical of him on the whole, uh, but but I do see that from him sometimes. And I'm like, you can't the, – the margin for error is so small right now, they can't have that. But this has been Stackhouse's recruiting since he's gotten here. Um, first class was Pippen and DeSue, which were Drew signees. Jordan Wright was a Stackhouse guy. And then Otan Jankovic um, was the other one, who's now, I think, at Tulane. I don't remember. Um, the next year, they got Akeem Odesipe at the last minute, Tyron Lawrence, Miles Studi, and Trey Thomas. And then this year, they have landed. They said they got Dorsey, Peyton Daniels is already gone, and Dezoni, who I think Dezoni to me is the most promising hands down of all the ones he's gotten. Uh, he's just not there yet. I, I think that kid can be a player for them down the road. But, man, I'm telling you, I, I don't know about any of the others. Um, and, and that's on them. Uh, you cannot – diving through the bargain bin in spring is, is not a recipe for winning. And, and that, that is what critics have been saying for years, and it has now come home to roost. And, and by the way, transfers, they got um, Harvey, who didn't pan out. They got uh, McBride, who I, I was told from the get-go that was not going to work, and it didn't. And I, is that it? can't think if they've had any more transfers um, under Jerry. I don't think they have. Off the top of my head, I, I can't think of anybody. But, you know, I think with, with a case like Sony, I, I think he'll work great with that next class. You know, it doesn't have to be the yeah. guy uh, kind of grow together, you know, and players that are a little bit more of his ilk, you know. Uh so, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly not ready to write, the, the, you know, to close the book on that young man by any stretch of his imagination. They just got to, it, look, it's, it comes down to this. We can name the names, but they just got to get an influx of talent in there. And they don't have it right now. And you can't play in this league. You can't, or you can't win in this league without it. And, you know, it, it really just comes down to that. You got to have the horses. They don't have them. Should we hit the mailbag? Well, now that's going to be completely up to you. If you don't, your listeners might be a little upset with you, but I'm down for it. Okay, let's do that. And uh, here we go. Our mailbag is presented by Sutherland Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Okay, let's find the questions for you. A browser is slow. Here we go. Okay. NBA Door wants to know your thoughts on the first half of the basketball season. A mixed bag, right? You know, uh, it it just looked like the hustle was was there and they were headed in the right direction. Of course, the injury is not helping. Uh, with 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 Rodney Chapman and I and now he is one of those guys that I there, we haven't had a whole lot of guys like Rodney Chapman and and no. I, I'm going to be pretty upset if he, if we're not able to have him uh, for a while. I really like the effort in the first half of the season. Uh, I mean, look, 
you know, not that Pitt and teams like Pitt and BYU are going to go to the Final Four, but especially a team like BYU, they're tough. And then to win against Arkansas, if I told you before the start of the season, I said Pitt, you know, uh, Pitt, BYU, Arkansas, you know, what, what do you think? And none of those games were at home, by the way, right? Isn't that right? Uh, Pitt, BYU, Arkansas, that's correct. Let's see, two were on the road and one was in Hawaii. One was in Hawaii. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I would have said maybe one and two out of there. The fact that they went three and zero in that. So uh, this has not been a wasteful season by any stretch of imagination. There's still time to turn it around. Uh, but once you get headlong into more of this conference, into conference play, and you start playing some of these bigger teams, it's I just I don't. It's, it's hard to find wins there. The effort's been there for the most part, but I just the inconsistency is killing this basketball team and just the lack of uh, consistent firepower. And I don't, I don't know what you do about that. You can look down your bench and say, all right, somebody has got to do something, but you know, sometimes you just don't have it, Chris. I I don't think, I really don't think it's consistency. I just don't think they're very good. Yeah. That's, I mean, now here's what I will say. I don't think this team wants for effort. And I don't think they they lack effort. No, they, I would I would hard. agree for the for the most part, other than maybe Kentucky the other night, I would agree with you, and that and that yeah. is a credit to coaching. But you, you yeah, but you got to have players. You got to have players. Got and, and that's what people have been saying from day one was going to be the problem, and here it is. Right. Either that, or you have to have you know because you definitely have to have players, or you have to have players who've played together for a long time now, and they know a system, and they've perfected it, they practice, and they've worked it, and then and you run up against them, and you may be more talented than they are, but you know what, they got a lot of experience and tread, and you know working certain systems, you know that that they're used to. We don't have any of those things, you know. So I, I don't I don't know what you do about it. Um, I'm going to give it a, a, a B minus, you know, because there are some games that I really felt like they stepped up and the effort's much better. Um, but I mean, just things like the South Carolina game, to me, it's just inexplicable. I mean, you, you know, if you'd get the shot and it doesn't go, that sucks. You wish you had, you know, and they had their chances to win that game and, and didn't do it. It was, could have been such a big game for them, but to not get a shot off with six plus seconds at home and to not get a shot off is not acceptable in any way. NBA door wants to know, does basketball have a coaching or a talent issue? You know, I, I think, Coach Stackhouse is learning to be a college coach. I think he's learning how important getting a roster full of capable players is into this entire process. And so I, you know, I'm not going to, you know, harp on the the first two years because what's the point at this point? I mean, we, what could we say that you don't already know? out there listening. And I think that he's figured that out. And I think he did a great job with this last recruiting class. Um, it is incumbent upon him and his staff to get that roster the way that they want it. And I think he's learning as a coach and he's, he's gotten better. Uh, I think there's plenty of room for improvement for him and the roster though. Let's see if we got any more basketball ones in here. Um, now I think we're going to football. Believe 22 has several questions. Let's see. I love that Coach Clark Lee finished with the top 30-ish class. Really impressive after the poor season. But I'd love your thoughts on how much this will really move the needle this year. I have two specific questions. 
part one, does this inexperienced talent make up for the loss of experienced guys? And then parentheses, he's put, excuse me, parentheses, he puts Tyler Steen, Cam Johnson, Amir Abdul Rahman, Brendan Harris, etc. I guess people know by now Tyler Steen has hit the portal. Uh, so, and again, the question is in the context of next year. Okay, um, that that was a lot to unload. So the, the the first one will help me out with this. Will will the transfers out hurt this program? Was that what they were asking the first time? No, he said. Does the recruiting class make up for the guys they lost for next year? Oh, oh, well, I mean, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, that th- that remains to be seen. I mean, as as I look at the transfer list, there weren't a lot of players on this team that, and I don't like to see cats leave because there are guys. You know, I I don't want them to go, but I mean, you know, Cam and. Amir had their moments, but nobody left that we we can't replace. You know, uh, again, this is a very well thought of class. Now, uh, honestly, for me, I'm nervous, Chris. I'm nervous as I can be, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I think they have a chance to. Because I mean, look, look, say what you want, but this class that he put together. I love this class. I do. It's got a lot of good stuff in it, man. A lot of players who could come in and have real impacts right away. But there is this gigantic 7 million pound gorilla in the room that there's just no way to get around. And I think you know what it is. It. Oh, man. I don't know what this team is going to do about offensive line. You know, we, we can we can talk about every other position and what we think they're going to be and what they're going to do and how the quarterback position is going to play out. Will A.J. Swan push for the start? And uh, we think we got a decent backfield. We should definitely have a decent backfield next year. Uh, and some of the defensive players could come in and make it. And, and I love the linebacking core potentially for the next couple of years. But, Chris, unless like this last class of redshirt freshman offensive linemen absolutely blow up and we find two or three starters out of it. You know, I, 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 I don't know what you're going to do. I mean, I really like the trajectory of most positions on this team, but offensive line is not one of them. I, I, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. And if you don't have that, I mean, Chris, come on. Why is Alabama where they are? Why is Georgia where they are? I mean, for a million, a lot of different reasons, but the one difference to me that is bigger than anything else is how brutal they are in the trenches. Well, you know? let me, yeah, that, let, let me just hit the whole thing here. And I think this will put it in context. The recruiting class is the best Vanderbilt's had in a while. We both like it. We've watched film of every one of these kids. Don't have an issue with what they've done. Thought they did a a terrific job. Um, It's still 12th in the league or wherever they are. I mean, we're wherever it is, we're splitting hairs. And the point is, every other school in the league has been bringing in three or four classes like this, if not better. And oh, by the way, those guys now, you know, are one, two, three, four years into this. So I think if you've anchored your expectation into having these kids come in next year and and really close the gap on guys that are as good or better than them, but more experienced, I, I just think you've misplaced your expectations. I honest to God, I think next year's gonna be another two wins. And I think your your best hope realistically is it maybe by the end of 2023, the light has started to click on for some of these kids. 
Maybe they pull an upset against a Kentucky or a Tennessee or a Carolina or, or a team that's you know maybe lower half of the league. Uh, but I, I think if you are realistically hoping for any more than that, the, the, and it's it's got nothing to do with this coaching staff. They were dealt this hand. Uh, you could see the lack of talent coming in. I just don't think that anything – I think that anything other than really significant improvement before the end of 2023 is just really misplaced. And, and frankly, well, it's probably more like 2024. Well, then you don't have anything. No, no, no you can't do that because if, if that's the case – all those teams that you're talking about, they're going to continue to stack those classes. You can't sort of wait. It's not like they're going to wait around on us. So, I mean, it, if we're talking three years from now where you see residuals of that, then you don't have anything. And, it, and it's not going to matter. To me, here's what they have to do, and they have not done this as a staff. If there's a, if there's a concern for me, I need to, it's, it's the one thing I don't really get. I, I really thought that they were going to be able to find two or three offensive line, at least two, two offensive linemen uh, in the transfer portal who could come in and plug them in right away while these other cats develop. But they haven't gotten any, any of them to come in. And, and the ones they've sw- they swung and missed on every one of them so far, that is a problem to me because there is more than enough available playing time for a transfer portal offensive lineman to come in here and and plug them in right away. And I don't want to get bodies just to have bodies. We need difference makers. But there is playing time in the SEC right here, right now, and at least on January the 3rd. They have whiffed on any every every one of them so far, and that is a problem. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that is – Boy, that that, that part's going to be tough to watch. Why are they whiffing on their biggest need right now when they have all kinds of available playing time for for somebody to come in right now and make a difference, and not one of them's biting on it? What what? Where's the disconnect there? Well, I don't know. I will tell you that you know, and we mentioned this with the facilities, right? Um, the guys in this class are going to be seeing those at the end of their career, right? So if you're a transfer, you're probably not going to see it. And you can say opportunity, SEC, all those things. Everybody else has got stuff to sell too. And they've got facilities that are present where theirs are not. Uh, so I have to think, it gets a theory, I don't know, but that's not, I can't think that's helping them. No, 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 not not at this point. But here's what here what needs to happen. If if they're not going to be able to, uh, and, and look, by the way, there's still time. I mean, they could still get one, you know. But the market's got to be pretty thin at this point, and I'm sure, pretty sure, there's other schools who would really love to add uh, one or two somewhere along the way. Uh, but it was it was what I was talking about just a minute ago, um, and I, I think it's. I think it's a lot to hope for, Chris. I, I really do. I won't lie to you. I think it's a lot to hope for. But to me, uh, I, look, I look at this redshirt freshman class of offensive linemen. Uh, you know, now I will say this: guys like uh, uh, who, who was it? what's the young man's name? Castillo and and uh, uh, the kid out of, of Texas that played uh, Jason Brooks. Uh, Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, 
that came in and, and played guard, uh, which is, I think is more of his natural position. Uh, you know, I, I thought they got good production out of there. I think uh, Hernandez needs to continue to develop, but this last class of these three or four offensive linemen they signed, uh, they need at least two of them to progress so much in the off season uh, that they can be contributors, if if, if not starters. Uh, that has to happen. And uh, I wanted to pull this list up because uh, off the top of my head, I'm not going to remember all of them. Uh, but there's a couple players that I really felt like could be helpful to them. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, Gunnar Hansen. That would be huge for them. Uh, of course, Castillo did his thing. They need Gabe Pitchford to do uh, something. Jake Ketchik. Uh, these one thing about that last class is the offensive line was pretty darn big, much bigger than this one than this class. I don't know if it's better, but it's much bigger. Uh, they need those guys to hit right away. Uh, the, the the freshman out of uh, NBA that they picked up, uh, Gra- Grayson. Uh, Grayson Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Grayson Morgan. I think he's got some, I think from a technical standpoint, he, he could certainly do something, but I think he's probably had to probably put a little bit more weight on before he can be effective. Kind of like me, uh, Wesley Johnson, you know, uh, who was so technically sound, but he needed to put on a little weight first when he got there. Uh, to me, if this team is, if this, if this program is going to get to where they want to go in the next couple of years, the development of their young offensive line is maybe as important as anything on that entire roster. Okay, Believe has a question number two. It says, even if they didn't lose some solid slash experienced contributors, I'm not sure this class really represents much of an upgrade. Once our thoughts, he gives this as evidence. Um, Going back from 18, class rankings, 42, 49, 49, 38, 35. I will give you my short answer for that. Um, Those kids couldn't run. I mean, we've said it on the podcast for months. You watch on film, these kids can. Um, I I think their evaluations, if you go back and and look, I think those had to have been generous. They they didn't get – and their offensive line classes, Mike. You talk about bad evals. When's the last time they brought in a really good lineman um, that just was? That they they I I don't know. I, to answer the question, I, I do think that this class was an upgrade because I see it on film. Oh, I do too, man. I'm not sure what my man's talking about, but not only that, I mean, they did it in most positions. Too, uh, you know, I, I think they got so they got a lot of links. You know, I mean, if you just went with some of the local talent, you know, getting a guy like Langston Patterson is a guy they don't generally get. And I talked. Let me tell you something, by the way. Uh, uh, I played in college with one of the assistant coaches on that CPA team, and and he was telling me he's like, man, he said Langston sometimes is such a a beast. I have to kind of you know, pull him back a little bit. And if you go back and you watch his senior film, have you, have you done that, Chris? His oh yeah. Film? Uh, well, I don't know if I watched his senior film. I watched what was available on signing day. And I don't remember if that was, um, how much of that was senior and how much of that was junior, but the kid had a motor, no doubt. Dude is brutal. <laughs> and he feels like he also feels like, and it's not just because he's coached these guys. He feels like Kane's going to come in and have an immediate impact. And, you know, I'm thinking about some, let's just say that because uh, Langston physically is ready to play right now. Uh, so, but think about, I started thinking about this linebacking core 
and some of the players, you know, with, with Orgy and both Langston's, you know, and, and the linebacking course has been such a problem for us, right? You know, over the last couple yeah. of years. But I'm going to tell you what, if you look at this linebacking group on paper, um, you, you know, it's got, it's got a lot more potential than I used to. I, there's a lot of length defensively in the front seven. Um, some of the secondary players here, like Jadis Richard, you know, these are, these are solid players. These are some big gets. Maurice Edwards out of the backfield. Let me tell you something. Maurice Edwards is coming in and he's playing this next season. That's going to happen. That is going to happen. I mean, you know what? Maurice I, I Edwards might be the best back on their roster when he gets to campus. I, I, I don't. I don't agree with this part. With, okay. With, with, with this. With well, this, what, would it be? Not, would it be Ray? Not, yeah. I mean, I guess a healthy Ray Davis, but um, yeah. Who when knows? I said I don't agree, I, I don't agree with the the person thinking this class is an. Oh, not, got you. Not what you said. No, I think this is an excellent class. Okay, I, I, I really do. I want to circle Martin, back. I didn't even mention Daniel Martin. Yeah. I wanted to want to circle back on a couple things that that were in the question and what you had said before I forget. Um, oh, good grief! Well, one one thing first of all, um, you know, the, the portal. It's the weirdest thing because you have all these different periods of free agency now. It's it's unlike anything we've ever seen because you can you can transfer in the season. You can transfer at the break. You can transfer after spring practice. You can transfer in the summer. And so I, I guess, I don't know, how as a coach you plan for that? You, you, do you, well, we kind of like this guy. We think he might be able to help us at a position of need. Do you, do you grab him then and there if you can? Or do you, do you wait for something that you don't even know about to, to develop later? You know, let, let's say a, a kid at – at Florida State, you know, loses a starting left tackle job in spring practices. That's it. I'm I'm done. I'm out. You know, do you do you hold out for the unknown? I, I don't. As a coach, I, I, that's got to be just a nightmare. That's one. Uh, it's a, I, yeah, I, and, and and the point of that would be that the free agency's not over yet. Uh, there's a couple more rounds in play here. So there's that. The other thing, and you talked about, well, how do they how do they ever gain ground? Because everybody else is is getting classes, and and that's true, right? But you go back to Bobby Johnson's classes, right? And you look at what they've done at Wake Forest, and it's it's a thing where you're getting guys that are really starting to pop three, four, five years in, right? And you add the free agency layer to this. You know, where, they, where they've always been able to close the gap in recruiting is, A, everybody can't play, right? So these recruiting rankings are being built up by guys that are 51 to 85, sometimes on the uh, in the recruiting rank, because those guys don't factor in because they don't see the field. Um, so, you know, you start to, where some of the other schools lap the field with them recruiting, there's, there's just some of that bringing it back to the middle that goes on there. The other thing, and this goes back to the culture he's trying to build, you know, he's he's wanting guys that are going to be there four or five years and then they can develop around rather than, you know, using the turnstile that's the portal and all that goes with that. You know, if if you can build a culture where you can retain more of your good players – 
more so than happens at other schools. I mean, you're seeing all Americans hit the portal, man, in some places. It's crazy. If, if that's where he gets this right, then the continuity starts to come into play, and that's how you, I think, narrow some of the gap in terms of talent. So that well, has been his plan from the beginning. I don't know that he would articulate it like that, but you're saying, well, how do they ever catch up? To me, that's an answer that's kind of baked into his plan right there. Now, whether it works or not, I don't know, but I think at Vanderbilt, that's as good a strategy as you can have. Yeah, maybe so, because, you know, if you remember, you remember what the narrative was when James Franklin was winning nine games, two straight seasons in Nashville? Remember what the narrative was? The East is down. The East is down. The, well, the East, the East was that. down this year, by the way. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the fact is, is that it was true. You know, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I mean, I want to hear that, but. You know, a win is a win, and when you're Vanderbilt, you'll take what you can get. So I don't give a flip if they were all in a coma. You know, we've won nine games two straight years. But what happens? I mean, look at that. The landscape's only going to get harder. I mean, we're about to introduce Texas and Oklahoma into this conference. You know, uh, which is – it just has to be – like and you mentioned Wake Forest. Look, I – I would also submit to you that there's not a thing in the world special about the ACC these days, you know, and would be much easier to do that. Not taken away from the job that was done in Winston-Salem because it was amazing. Um, but I think that's something that you can pull off a heck of a lot easier there than you would be able to in Nashville, at least on any type of level of consistency. And can, can Wake Forest find themselves in the ACC championship game next year? You know? Year after that, two, three years from that, or they, you know, or they go back to six wins was a great season and we'll take whatever we can get, uh, you know, and this conference, man, I just, I don't, you know, it's one thing to have good classes, but it's all about, you know, everything's relative, you know, it, it, it just is, you know, people always tell me, I don't, you know, I have a bunch of Memphis fans that call my show and I always love them, but they always say, yeah, you know, even when, uh, a couple years ago, Memphis is the best team in, in the state of Tennessee. And my, my question would be, how do you know? You know, well, we beat Ole Miss. You know, well, we beat Mississippi State. Yeah, you did. Then you played East Carolina and Tulane, you know, and Great Grandmammy State. And if you, if you find you a real tough game, you find Houston. But what would happen if in week one, you played Auburn, then you played Alabama, and then you played Georgia, and you played South Carolina, and then you played Florida. You know, <laughs> are you really that good, or is it a product of who you're playing against? And this this conference, and especially when teams like, I think we have a, a, a an idea that that level that we could should be competing with is the Kentucky, South Carolina, Missouri's of the world, and and, and Tennessee as well. Well. Those first three that I mentioned, especially Kentucky and Missouri, you know, yeah, we had a good class. Their classes were way better than ours. How yeah. do we make up that ground? I mean, how how do you make up that ground? You know, I don't know. They have good coaches too. You know, we'll see if we have one, but let's just say we do, right? Let's just say we got a really good coaching staff. I think Shane Beamer did a hell of a job. Oh, Shane Beamer's killing it there. You know, I think Eli Drinkwitz has got people believing Missouri is the place to come to. Same thing for Kentucky. They just pulled up with the number 13 player in America. 
Yeah, I you know, I think Kentucky will continue. I'm not as sure about Missouri because Eli is not the easiest guy to deal with. I don't know that I have bought into all that yet. Well, yeah. You know, the the good news is it doesn't. You know, as long as those players do, that's all that's going to matter. Right. Whether you buy into it or not, it's not going to matter. Do they? And if they do, how are we supposed to continue? How are we supposed to beat them on on you know with any type of regularity? Uh, if they were already significantly ahead of us and they're bringing in better players than we are, that means you have to have a coach that's way better than theirs is. Uh, do we have that? I don't know that. You know, well, I, I know, I know how they can get past Wake. You know, I, I'm they, they, they just to, sent they just sent Wake a Trojan Trojan horse with Susan Wente inside it. Man, well, let's just send one to everybody in the conference, you know. Right. But, but, but in all seriousness, and don't get me wrong, you know me, I'm pretty optimistic you know, about Vanderbilt Athletics as, compared to many. Um, but I'm also real and uh, realistic about it. I think we have a chance to field a much better program over the next couple of years. I guess my only question is, what does that mean? You know, what, what, what does that do? If we are significantly better, but so is everybody else, you know, and look, we all want to win at the end of the day. But what we, I, I think for a Vanderbilt fan, I think I can speak for most Vanderbilt fans when I say, okay, be competitive. Don't lose rid- games ridiculously because, you, you, you know, just of ridiculous decisions or, or, or horrible play calling or just ineptitude or you've lost the team. You go out there and you throw down. It's just like the question was asked about basketball in the first, you know, I said, what I say to you in the first half of the season? Man, they, th- their level of effort, the, the, the way they got out there and mixed it up. You go out there and throw down and give it everything you got. I promise I'm going to be good. I want to win some games. Don't get me wrong, but I, I need to see a team that will just, that you don't want to play. You know, the team that maybe you beat them 14 to 10, but when you got back home, man, you couldn't walk. You know what I mean? Because you knew you were, it was going to be a heavyweight fight. That's what it has to be. You know, we haven't had that type of attitude for a long, long time. Uh, if, if, if Clark can instill that in these guys, I think he's bringing the type of talent in to elevate it. And you combine that, and maybe we start winning some of these games. You know, maybe we, you know, we don't blow a game that we led the entire way uh, to a backup quarterback who hadn't played all day and walk in and drive down the field and beat you by one. I mean, how much different would you feel about that season if we win in South Carolina? Maybe some other things happen. We need to get over that hump to start winning games like that. And if we do, I think you're going to see classes like you just saw this past uh, off this this past class stacking those on top of each other. You know, if not, if it's just the same old, same old, well, we'll have a nicer stadium, but the same football team. NBA door thoughts on NIL and is it good or bad? I've been against it forever. Uh, I, I just, you know, I don't know, Chris. I, I mean, right, right. Look, this America. And that's what you hear a lot of people say. And it's about time they got paid and all this other stuff. But Bryce Young was a millionaire before he took a snap. You know, Bryce Young was a millionaire before he took. Now, and look, I get you want to say, well, look what he generates. I get that. I, I, I get that. But you know what I get concerned with? What I, what I, what I think about now, I don't know if it goes down like this because we didn't have anything like that. 
But I'm thinking about this situation playing out, okay? I'm thinking about Acme Business Company, okay? I'm just throwing the Acme. Acme is sponsoring the Georgia starting quarterback. And he's really screwing up. They've lost a game or two. He's thrown some untimely interceptions. And I'm picturing somebody from Acme calling this kid up in the dorm and you need to get yourself together. You know, this ain't good enough, you know, and, and texting this kid and, and, and having meetings with him, putting all types of pressure. We gave you this money with the expectation that you're going to perform this way. Well, what happens when they don't? Or can you imagine Kirby Smart getting that call that, that he's found out that somebody from this company that gave them this big fat check is is communicating with this kid because they don't like the level of play and, and that he needs to step it up if he wants to see this money? Can you imagine that playing out? Tell me why that wouldn't happen. I think the best question, best answer to the question is ask again in five years. Because I really think there's so many ways this could play out. I look at it almost as like the stock market, right? Like crazy stuff happens in the stock market. You see GameStop, you know, you see a company like, and this is old one, but Enron, right? That, that had massively inflated stock prices and at the root of it was basically nothing. And it was all built on, you know, an empire of lies, essentially. Um, maybe not the best analogy, but eventually what happens is the market catches up. If something's overvalued, it gets brought back down to earth. And I think that NIL will end up being like that, right? There'll be some people that throw stupid money at it and go later, man, that was dumb. There'll be some people that get it right and go, man, that was a really good way to spend money. And, you know, my take on it from the beginning, it's been that these kids are getting paid anyway. Um, it's To me, it's a way if you do it smartly, um, you can you can do the same thing and now it's not cheating anymore. And it's and it's not, but just just think about that. With the stroke of a pen, nobody was cheating anymore. You know, what yeah. have we always said as Vanderbilt fans? We always hated because you knew UT was cheating, you knew Florida was cheating, you knew Alabama was cheating. It was, I mean, they didn't come out and say it, but you, we all knew that it was true. Nobody's stupid. We all understood that. But I guess my question is, what really changes? You know, or is this a good thing for a school like us now? If it is a good thing, I would say for one reason and one reason only, because they're in Nashville. You know, and, and when I say tons of opportunity, but when has Vanderbilt been Nashville's team? You know. Well, there's there's that. And there's also when has the school had any degree of ingenuity to gain a competitive advantage that didn't involve Tim Corbin? Yeah. But you know, the good news was, you know, the good news for these kids, they, they can sign with whoever they want. You know, school can't tell them they can't do that. You know, yeah. now they ain't going to go do something shady, obviously, but you know, the, the, but I'm sure I'm just strictly talking about the amount of opportunity right there in that city, you know, because if things get rolling now, one thing that Nashville will show you, and it has for years, if, if you, if you step up, you know, and do your thing, they're going to do theirs. You know, last time I checked, I mean, you saw what they did for the draft. You saw what they did for a jersey unveil for the Predators. You see the the, the fever that has swept through Nashville for the Titans. You know, success begets success. And if they can get this thing going, there is a lot of NIL opportunities in that city. No question about it. 
Yeah, I mean, the difference is those organizations have leadership. They do. They do. And I'm, I'm hoping that we're headed that way. You know, we'll see. I mean, look, look, look now, now you have to admit, uh, it, things sure do look a lot rosier from that aspect than it did, let's say, well, this time last year. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the facilities thing, that's, that's not a small thing. Um, it's not a small thing. Plus, it seems like, not just that, that there is a rejuvenated, I guess that might be the right word as if it were before, but um, there seems to be, at least on the part of the university, not just with, 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 with the money, but maybe a, a new day in regards to how we approach athletics, how we feel about it, what part, you know, does it truly part of the mission of Vanderbilt to, exceed, to succeed in athletics too? Are we no longer calling it a hindrance? And uh, those who, who wish to keep athletics down, do they still wield the same type of power that they did this time last year? And I'm hopeful the answer to that is no. Yeah, th- that's one that... You, you can know if it's not in the moment. You only know right. if it, yeah, it was the answer true. you want in hindsight. Yeah, I, I think that's completely correct. I think we're out of questions. I, that's good because I'm, uh, I'm ready to take a nap. I'm tired. All right. Tell folks where they can find your show. Man, you can find my show at 101.5 FM in Jackson, Tennessee, Monday through Friday. I do two shows. One's uh, Anything in the World You Want It to Be, variety show from 8.30 to 11 in the morning and from 6 to 8. It, uh, uh, and that's the sports show. That's the cheap seats. Be good, and we'll see you next week. Man, I will be there with bells on, my friend. Anchor down, doors. Hopefully we can get us a, a win or two between now and then. Thanks, my man. I love you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.